Friends, happy Monday. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Down. So happy to be here with you today. One of our friends is back today, Allie Worthington. She was on episode 70 back in the day, but her new book, Standing Strong, A Woman's Guide to Overcoming Adversity and Living with Confidence, comes out tomorrow. So we got to sit down and chat about it. I think y'all are going to really love this conversation. Allie is such an honest, kind, I uh, just can't say enough good things about her. I think so highly of her. And today she really gets brave. And in this book, she's really brave. And I'm so proud to be her friend. I think you're going to love this conversation. Here's my friend, author, businesswoman, all around boss, Allie Worthington. You can always say to me, I don't want to talk about that. I always err on the side of being way more vulnerable than I should be. Like I just did topography. Uh And I was like, what's Ian going to get me to say? What's your number? Seven. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I knew that. I knew that. And what do you think after talking? I mean, it's hard to talk about yourself and the Enneagram type you identify with, with a professional in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there's something odd about being a seven because I think I'm a more serious seven. So people expect me to be the Annie Downs version of seven, Mm. but I'm a more... I'm a more serious, low-key seven, you mm-hmm. know? So I wondered, am I really a seven? Is he yeah. going to tell me I'm actually something else? I don't know what's going to happen. But I'm sure he great. didn't change your number, did no, he? No, he didn't. No. 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 You know. Uh, when we did our Enia Summer, the woman, Erin, that was in here, mm-hmm. she amazes me because she is a high-level, high-energy seven all the time. Like, mm-hmm. we were at a birthday party on Sunday, and she shot off confetti. I mean, she um, popped to the cork on a champagne bottle, whistled and made the whole party stop so wow. that she could do celebrate the birthday person. And I was like, yeah, that's that's not me either. Like I if you're the if you're saying energy level and and funny level or mm-hmm. whatever outgoingish level, you're mm-hmm. down at like a one. I'm probably a five. Aaron's probably a nine. She out Annie'd Annie. Yeah. I mean I every time <laughs> I'm around her, I'm like, yeah, I'm not like I'm not the same kind of seven you are. Yeah, and and I think that there's pressure when you know your number and you know so much about it to look a certain way, mm, you know? Right. For me, finding out the subtypes changed everything for me. Really? Which I'm one self, are you? I'm self-press. Oh, so you're different than us anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, because I'm one-to-one. So mm-hmm. where I would bet Erin, I don't know, I shouldn't speak for her, but based on my experience of her, I bet she's more of the traditional, like, gr- big group, not what self-press, one-to-one, and social. Mm-hmm. I bet she's a social seven and you 100%. and I are not. Yeah. It changes things. How, tell me about your sevenness during a pandemic. This was rough. Yeah. This was really rough because I want to have fun. Right. I want to have adventures. I want to be able to go do fun things. I want to travel. I want everyone to be okay. I mean, that's yeah. my thing. Am I going to be okay? Is anybody going to take care of me? Is everything going to fall apart? So in March was really tough. So yeah. I spent... of my time as a business coach. So there was a week there in March where I would have a coaching call with a client, like a client with a surgery center. We're making a plan. How do we move forward? How do we maneuver? And then I would get off the phone and I would cry. Yeah. And then I'd have another call and I'd walk somebody through strategy of what to do. And then I would get off the phone and cry. So what I started doing, you'll appreciate this, as a seven, I started scheduling in freak out time. 
Great. I would do quality. I would say, okay, Tuesday afternoon from 2 to 3, I'm going to have quality freakout time. I'm going to read all the reports. I'm going to find out what the epidemiologists on Twitter are saying. I'm going to find out, you know, what the business outlook is for the next two weeks. I'm going to freak out, and then I'm going to go back to being okay. Mm. And so I just compartmentalized it. And, of course, things are a lot better than we thought they were going to be end of March because end of March, no one knew how long we were going to have to log down, how much this was going to affect business. But, yeah, it was rough. Yeah. I, I'm, it's not done being rough to me. Is it to you? Oh, no. Socially, it is still really hard for me. Oh, yeah. I mean, this, yeah. we, we saw each other a yeah. few minutes ago and, and you were so nice. You said, are we hugging? Are we not? Said, oh, we're hugging. <laughs> and I said, I haven't really left my house since March. I mean, yeah. I, I don't do anything and yeah. it's, it's tough. What's I just want to go to amusement park. Are I want to ride roller coasters. The college boys have online. Okay, uh, my so they're old, home. Yeah. No, no, no. The oldest is two and a half hours away in Chattanooga at UTC. Oh, okay. So he, even though 75% of his classes are online, I don't know what the point is. Right. Three youngest are doing online school. Okay. Mm-hmm. So everybody's home all the time. Home all the time. And my 12-year-old, no, my 14-year-old and I sometimes at night just watch YouTube videos of amusement parks and roller coasters. Really? <laughs> That's what we want to be doing. Yeah. But we are sneaking and going to the movies. Are you? Are the movies? Okay. I, They're open. I want to go to the movies. What's okay. it like? Tell me about the experience. It's, it's very easy, but you got to okay. be savvy. So you use the movie theater app, yep. and then you can tell who's in the movie. And then you buy tickets in advance. And then if somebody else buys tickets, you just move your – you cancel them, move seats to a different showing. I've seen Tenet twice and The Personal History of David Copperfield and a bunch of old movies. It's been amazing. You have the okay. whole theater to yourself. You can bring a burrito. Are there still? Thank you. You know, thank you for knowing me. I love bringing burritos to the, to the movie there. Is there still popcorn? Is there still yeah. drinks? But you wear a mask the whole time. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you can just take it off while you're eating or drinking. Mm-hmm. So it's like an airplane. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And I and my husband's a little nervous about it, but I feel safe. I mean, I had I had to see Tenet. Yeah, I had to see Did it you multiple like it? times. You saw it twice. Yeah. Yeah. First time, I thought it was great, but I had no idea what happened or what anyone said. <laughs> so the second time, we went back and we asked for closed caption glasses. So we looked super dorky. Wait a minute, closed caption glasses. Regal Movie Theater has has them for everyone. If you have a hearing impairment or like me, you can't tell what the dialogue is in a movie. So we just sat there with our glasses and our masks. And what does it look it. like? What it- you literally you just look through. How these big are they? Just like regular sunglasses, okay. and then you have these little green words across the screen. Oh, I am. I, you need to know that I read TV almost as Me much too. as I watch it. I have subtitles on almost all the time because I like it. Me too. Yeah, but in Tenet, you oh, literally eighty percent of the dialogue you can't tell what anyone's saying. Why? Because that's just the way Christopher Nolan mixes his movies. Okay, I'm a super. I'm, I'm a super big movie nerd. So and they, you just can't they don't tell. Have an, it's not an Irish accent. There, or there's accents. There's masks. There's really loud explosions. There's people just mumbling. Okay. You can't okay. tell what they're saying. <laughs> but then you wear the glasses. Yeah, and it's perfect. It, how full do they let the movie theater get? Half? I don't know. I guess because yeah. I just obsessively watch to see when I can find something okay. empty, or we go to drive-in movies. Okay. Oh, yeah. Those are fun. I'm excited to see some of our friends going out and doing drive-in concerts. Yes, I've been really mm-hmm. grateful to see. That's starting to pick up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so going to the movie is great. Okay. And you know Dollywood's open. You can go to Dollywood. Well, yes, but I, I'm i a little nervous about sure. big groups. Okay. But 
I want to sneak over. I'm going to, we were talking about it before. I'm going to Pigeon Forge in October. I may have to sneak over for Dollywood Day. Okay, listen, let me connect you with our friend Amber. She's the greatest person there. She's so lovely. And she will make sure you feel safe. Oh, okay. Yes. I need a greatest person yes. named Amber. Yes, okay. she's wonderful. She's the reason we got to be in that Hallmark Christmas movie. I remember. Or be in, put in quotes, because uh, only Jamie, the back of Jamie made the cut one time. The rest you, of us didn't. You essentially start in. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. the one that was about me, yeah. the one that I starred in? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I have been, one of the hard things for me in the pandemic that I could not have predicted, if we put aside the health part and we put aside the danger and the uh, politics and all that, yeah. I'm just talking about being humans. I did not know how hard it would be to lose anticipating things. Oh, yeah. I wonder if that's, I mean, two sevens are sitting here talking about it, but that's been hard for me that there's that looking forward to things has been Mm -hmm. removed. Okay, so again, super nerdy, but research shows that planning a vacation is just as fun as going on the vacation. So I have been planning vacations. Just over and over. Just over and over. I have great trips to Disney. Do you make Pinterest boards? No, no, no. Um, I just have big, I I do this with one of my sons. We just make big discussions and he saves everything on his phone. Like we're really going to do it. We'll do the Disney app. We do everything except buy the ticket. Yeah. Yeah. Why Disney? I love Disney. I do too. I love Disney. Yeah. We were supposed to go, but stupid pandemic. We went like three weeks or a month before everything shut down. Then we were supposed to go again because why not? Are y'all like season pass people? No, but I'd like to take speaking events in Orlando. I do too. If anybody anybody lives near any sort of amusement park, I'm down. Yeah, you're way more inclined to get me if you live near Disney. (laughs) Yeah, or or Tampa or uh, or any any fun place. I'm down for it. Yeah, Yeah. I I am the same way. We thought when when the year was as it was supposed to be, Mm -hmm. I was going over to Gatlinburg and I was like, here I come, Dollywood. And then the event canceled. (laughs) I was like, no. Okay, so I should just start planning. There's something for us in planning trips, even if we don't get to go on them. Yeah, because you look through everything. You watch YouTube about, you know, what you can do and all the fun you can have. There's something something about it that tricks our brains into having fun because we need some escapism right now. Yeah, yeah. I think that we've said this before on the show lately, but friends and I have talked about that, like, Coping techniques aren't bad. No. <laughs> we need coping. Yeah. You have to cope with this. And so what have been some of your other coping techniques? I was binge-watching a lot of TV, which I yeah. never do. I'm a movie person, yeah. not a TV person. But I binge so much that I felt like at one po- point the Lord was like, stop watching all this TV. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, Lord, I yeah. got you. Um, never read fiction, but lately I've been doing books on Audible just yeah. to keep me from... Going into what's going on with the world, what's what's going to happen with the election? I think I'm going to walk around my day and halfway worry about what's going to happen in the future. Yeah. I can turn on uh, something on Audible. I just finished American Dirt. Have you heard no. of that? No, American Dirt. Oh, I've seen the cover. It yes, I can picture the cover in my yeah, mind from Janine Cummings. Yeah, so good. American Dirt. Okay, mm-hmm. and you like the Audible of it? Yeah, I yeah. like Audible for fiction. I, I, nonfiction, I need to have in my hands. I want to take notes. I want to underline it. I want to dog ear. I want to take pictures of the page yeah. because I don't want to forget what I'm learning. Yeah. Fiction's fine. Fiction's fine. Yeah. I'm listening to The Water Dancer by Tanishi Coates yeah. on Audible. And mm-hmm. it's beautiful. I mean, just hearing people read things to me is mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> I that's, love it. That's great coping. Planning trips that... I may never take or I may take in the future. That's coping. Just lots of lots of planning for fun. 
and trying to get fun whenever I can, you know. So many of our friends listening have a job at home or somewhere else, and their kids are home. Uh, Yeah, story of my life. How do we do this? How do do we all do this without losing our minds or doing something we regret? I think we give ourselves a lot of grace, and we don't expect much from ourselves right now. Mm. I think that's the key, really low expectations. Yeah. You know, we're we're not going to do everything perfectly. We're not going to feel great. Things aren't going to things aren't going to feel necessarily happy. I hate to use the word happy too much because it's so stereotypical seven. Yeah, I like it. But if we have so much pressure on ourselves to do everything perfectly and to check all the boxes, we're going to be miserable right now. Mm-hmm. It's it's survival mode. It's yeah. kind of like if anyone's a parent and they've been through having little tiny toddlers, you're not hoping to do anything great every day. You're hoping to just survive and keep everybody alive. To some degree, that's what we're doing right now. Yeah. 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 I think there just has to be more permission that we don't know everything going on in our bodies. Mm-mm. And so just lower what you what you would do every other September. Yes. Pump the brakes. Yeah. And and stop trying to hit goals that yeah. are normal September goals. Mm-mm. Yeah. Because it's exhausting, and I think it sets us up for kind of a low-key depression, mm. which so many people are already going through. Yeah. I feel that in me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, where every day we have to go, okay, this is what I need to get done. This is what yeah. I hope happens. But I'm just going to measure everything because things are hard right now and give yeah. ourselves grace that things are hard. Yeah. So there's a mom or a dad listening, and yesterday they just yelled at their children, and they didn't get things done at work, and they're just thinking, I I cannot do this. What do you say to him or her today? The most important thing to do, I think, is to give ourselves grace because when we beat ourselves up and we feel terrible over it, we carry it into the next day. Mm. What we need to do is just start off every day fresh, say, Lord, be with me. Help me not make any huge mistakes. Lead me in today. Give me all the strength that I need, but leave it in the past. Yeah. Because bringing in guilt— and shame and all of that, it just leaves us too open to carrying yesterday's pain in today. And we have enough pain every day right now. Right, yeah. right. We don't know what tomorrow. <laughs> That's the funny thing about a pandemic with the winter coming. Yeah. Is nobody knows. Mm-mm. And but we all have expectation that, that it could arise. But at least the flu's coming back. Oh, I, mean, I think everyone's looking at the next few months like, hmm. <laughs> Well, this will be interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, when I drove up to Kroger and it said, get your flu shot, I was like, I don't have the emotional energy no. for you to say that to me. <laughs> I, I did the so, same thing. I need you to shut up, Kroger. <laughs> Sorry if many of my mini BFFs are listening and I said, shut up. But I'm like, I I don't have it in me for you to talk to me about the flu. We're, we're not ready for that mess no. right now. Mm-mm. It's like, I cannot. Your new book comes out tomorrow, Staying yeah. Strong. Mm-hmm. And I was reading the back. And I want you to tell me if this is true and how this is true. Because the first sentence on the back of the book says, you can't break a woman who draws her strength from God. Are you sure? Because I think a lot of our friends listening feel feel like they're broken. And I feel like there's pieces of me that are broken. That's That's a great question. I don't think you can, totally. I think we can have many cuts. Yeah. I think we can feel broken. Yeah. But in the end, God's going to see us through. Yeah. But one of the things that's been driving me in this this past couple of years while I've been working through this message is the the dangerous and unbiblical message that we pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. We are the hero of our own story. Yeah. We are going to be strong in ourselves. And that 
that's a recipe for destruction. I think the fruit of that message is destruction. Why? But, Tell us more. Because there are some of our friends who have been learning that yeah. and are feeling the crumbling of that. Well, because if you rely on your own strength, if you think that you're the hero in your story, if you think that your success or your failure or significance is only up to you and how hard you work and how hard you hustle, and if you just make yourself a little bit better, and if you just do this and you just do that, you're always going to hit a brick wall. We're always going to have failures. We're always going to hit a certain level of success. And what happens is if we're drawing on our own strength instead of really drawing on God's strength and partnering with him on what he wants in our lives and what he wants for the kingdom and to use us, you know, to do in and through us, when you get to the end of your own strength, you will blame yourself for failing. Instead of going, oh, I've actually believed a message that fed me a lie from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Women will blame themselves instead of realizing, like I said, the fruit of that message is destruction. Right. Yeah, it is. I've had pieces of me that bought into that too. Mm-hmm. On the good days and on the bad days, where you go, like, I have worked really hard and this is, and then the days where you go, this is on me that this is going sideways. Yeah. And so, how do you learn that balance of what is God's to hold and what is ours to hold and what our responsibility is? I think to some degree, we have a tendency to overthink. Is this dream in my heart or this desire in my heart, is this me or is this God? Yeah. Right? And uh, Beth was on my show, Beth Moore, and I asked like people, hey. Like your star, Beth. Yeah, Beth. Beth's sister, I. Beth. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I asked people, hey, what do you want to hear? And so many women asked the same question. How do I know if it's my will or God's will? And Beth was like, why Why do we automatically assume that it's our will? Why not, why not just assume that it's God? putting this idea in us, which I completely agree with, but it felt great coming from Beth, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think if if you have a dream to start a business or foster a child or go back to school or learn a second language, whatever it is, that's going to make the world a better place. Mm. You're going to do good things with it. If you have a dream to win the lottery and set up a business where you're taking people to Vegas to lose all their money, it's probably not a God dream. <laughs> like, I think it's kind of obvious. Does it help the world or does it not help the world? Does it... Does it do things for the kingdom that he cares about, or does it, does it not? And so many people fall into this trap of thinking, well, only if I'm in the ministry or I'm doing something, quote, unquote, Christian, does it matter to God? Mm. But everything matters to God, That's whether right. it is, you know, technology that gives people clean drinking water mm-hmm. or a blueberry bush in our backyard, he partners with it with us to bring it to life. And I think the the dreams that he gives us, the desires that he gives us, I think it's time for us to assume this is a God dream, yeah. unless it's obvious that it hurts people. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes from your book is you said, stop telling God what you can't do. Do we do that a lot? We do it with our words, but mostly we do it with our actions because— Oh, say that. Somebody's in the grocery store, and they are not happy you're saying this to them because they know someone's on the treadmill, and they're getting angry, and it's good. Well, the thing is, it's not like God normally is like, Annie, I need you to go talk to so-and-so and and then do something. God gives us little ideas. He gives us nudges. He gives us these these thoughts inside of us that bubble up. Even Mm -hmm. when we try to ignore them, they keep bubbling up. Yeah. And I, I feel like those are, you know, nudges from him. But when we get those nudges, when we have those ideas, when we have these dreams for this season of our life or the next season of our life, and then we don't do anything about it, that is telling him no. It's not, you, we don't wow. ever do it verbally, but we do it with our actions. Right. And we always tell him no because of self-doubt. 
And yeah, I think right. self-doubt is one of the, the most powerful tools that the enemy uses to keep us from doing what God wants us to do. Mm. Yeah. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation with Allie to share with you about one of our sponsors, Liquid IV. You've heard me talk about Liquid IV and their awesome hydration multiplier before. We can't get enough of them around the office. I think almost all of us use them every single day. No kidding. But did you know that they recently launched their newest line, the Energy Multiplier, y'all? Half of Americans say they struggle with daily fatigue, decreased focus, or lack of motivation. And Liquid IV's Energy Multiplier is the perfect answer to that struggle. It's an all-natural alternative to processed energy drinks with about 100 milligrams of clean caffeine that gives you sustained energy throughout the day. A few days ago, my calendar was slammed. Back-to-back meetings, pod recordings, and writing to do, and I wanted to stay focused and really show up as my best self to all of it. And Liquid IV's Energy Multiplier helped me do just that. I made sure to use it mid-morning so it didn't affect my nighttime sleep. Big tip, everybody. Big tip. Go mid-morning with these energy multipliers. It tastes delicious, and it gave me that lasting boost I needed to feel good all day. And best of all, I didn't have a crash in the middle of the afternoon, which I'm grateful for. I do not like that energy crash. Now, as if great-tasting hydration and energy wasn't enough, Liquid IV is also on a mission to change the world. Ugh, we love them. They're donating 3.7 million servings in response to COVID-19. That's 3.7 million servings given to hospitals, first responders, food banks, veterans, and active military, which I love. Liquid IV is available nationwide at Costco, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code that sounds fun at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use the promo code that sounds fun at liquidiv.com. So start fueling your adventures and your, you know, Mondays at liquidiv.com with the promo code that sounds fun. And now back to the show. I think a thing I'd love for you to find for us, because there are people like me who are listening that aren't married yet and want to get married, or people who aren't parents yet and want to be mm-hmm. parents. And or people who have a dream job that they can't. I had a girl D send me an Instagram uh, comment, and she said, I lost my chance at getting my dream job yesterday. I went back to her, and I was like, there aren't dream jobs, sister. Mm-hmm. You, you get the dream life. You don't have a dream job. Jobs change. Yeah. But still, we all feel that. Because yeah. I would say to you, Allie, like, yeah, I can see that me being married with a family would flourish in the kingdom. It'd be good for the kingdom for for two to do the to, for two of us to team up and do work. Yeah. So what do you do when there are dreams like that 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 all of us have? I mean, you have dreams that haven't come true. Oh yeah. So oh, how yeah. do we how do we handle those in the midst of believing that God puts those moments in our hearts? I think we keep holding on to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of one of the issues that I have with God that he's well aware of, so I might as well be honest <laughs> with it, like he he's used to me bringing this to yeah. him, is I don't like his timing. Yeah. You know, there, there's a healing for one of my sons who's sick, and I probably tell him every day I don't appreciate his timing. Yeah. You know, I I think we all have the, this, this heartache inside of us for something, and we wrestle with God about it and go, I, I trust you. I know you're good. I know you love me. I know you have the best for me, but I don't know if I'm ever going to understand this thing. Yeah. Yeah. That feels true. So that there is, 
I often say that I'm not married yet and people yeah. will push back sometimes and be like, you're not promised that. How do you, why do you always say yet? And I'm like, well, it's just because like, I'm also not 65 yet, <laughs> but I think I'm going to be 65. I don't know. I don't have any time for that kind of negativity <laughs> in my life. You just said, no. I'm like, I can still, because to me, holding on to, if, if I don't get all the things that I want on earth, when I get to heaven, I want to say to the Lord, like, it wasn't because I gave up on him. Yep. One <laughs> because <laughs> I quit her hoping, you know? Yeah. So where's that line of like, you talk about it in Standing Strong, but that like hope and disappointment and trusting even when you don't see, because you made huge changes when you didn't know if it was going to work. Yeah. And talk about having a dream job. You know, I, I had one that God essentially made me give up. I was yeah. running Propel for Christine Kane, was the founding COO for that. Yeah. And then one day he said, quit. And it was that clear. It was quit. It was quit. I was at I was at If Gathering three yeah. years ago and just in the middle of worship. And you know how sometimes he'll say one word and he just illuminates all the context in your mind and you yeah. just know. Yeah. And so for me So were we still in Austin or were we in Dallas? Austin. It was last year in Austin. Yeah. Right? So for me, that looked like obeying, kind of stepping off a cliff and going, okay, I trust you. I don't know yeah. what's next. I'm the breadwinner for my family, yeah. uh, my husband and all these children. But it was miserable. I remember my gearing up to, to be able to be brave enough to do that. I remember my mom came in town, and we were going to Target one day. We were in the car, and she said, honey, are you really sure that God told you that wow. you need to quit? And I I just started crying, and I said, unfortunately, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that God leads us to parts of our life where we do have to take these scary, seemingly horrible steps of obedience, but His blessing is always on the other side of obedience. And when I say yeah. that, I've gotten a lot of pushback from people going, not wait a minute, are you, saying, are you saying I'm going to win the lottery when I obey? And no, it's not that way, but He— Blessing always comes with obedience. I mean, there is a real line in Scripture over and over again. There is a thread about rewards. Mm -hmm. It's no joke. Some things are gifts and yeah. some things are rewards. And that is, it is okay to say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about that moment. You heard quit. Yeah, I did. There, So there's a picture of this of like, I heard jump off the cliff. So I ran and I jumped off the cliff. And halfway down, I realized I hadn't asked my husband and I hadn't gotten any confirmation <laughs> from any friends. And I hadn't even prayed another day. I walked up to Chris right after that, I said, I quit. Yeah. That's not how it went. Exactly. It is not. No. So so talk to people who feel like they're hearing God, because we love talking about hearing God around mm -hmm. here. Uh, hearing God and hearing something crazy. We're supposed to move to a, crazy, a foreign country. We're supposed to, or I'm supposed to start a new job. I'm supposed to quit a job. Yeah. I'm supposed to move, all these things. I felt this when I moved to Nashville. Tell me, how do we know what to do next after you hear that crazy thing or a normal thing? Yeah. What's the next move? I always look for confirmation, okay. a lot of confirmation. So as soon as I heard that, the song finishes, and then I get a text from Bianca, our yeah. friend Bianca Oltoff. And we were all at if every sure. year. This yeah. has never happened. She texts me, and she says, I'm getting ready to go on. Can you come down to the green room and pray over me? Yeah. And I was like, sure. Didn't think anything of it. Went down, prayed over her. And then as soon as we were done, she's putting on powder or something yeah, to yeah. go out. And I go, God just told me to quit. Oh, like, really? like, it was her moment. It yeah. wasn't appropriate for me to tell this to her <laughs> in the green room. But I couldn't not. And then she looked at me, and she hugged, and she said, I knew it. I've been feeling it. I've just been waiting for him to tell you. 
So that's confirmation number one. So I thought. So I, you can just put that in a basket. Put it in a basket. And see if the basket But I still needed more, more. That's right. Because if, if it's a big decision, I wanted my husband to yeah. at least agree with it. Because yeah. in the past, I'll say, I think God's telling me such and such. He'll pray about it. And then he agrees, even when I don't want him to agree. Like yeah. I want him to be my out. Right? That's right. Go home, tell him everything. And he goes, hmm, but God didn't tell you when. And huh. I was like, no, but I feel like it's a now. And he had just come off a season of being really, really sick. He was yeah. very, very sick for years. He was in remission, but I almost lost him in those years. And yeah. he said, We're, we've come out of so much, much difficulty right now. Let's just wait until God tells you when. Yeah. And half of me went, oh, I don't feel like this is right at all. But the other half went, that sounds great. Because yeah. the last thing I want to do is quit. Yeah, right? that's right. And uh, as the months got on, I ended up getting sick. Uh, you know, he gets better, I get sick. And I, I really think that it was the stress inside of me that wow. made me sick. And there was one specific day, I'm kind of wrestling through, what am I going to do? Am I going to, when I leave, how am I going to take care of the family? What does God want me to do in this next season? And I get a call from Bianca again. Oh and Bianca says, I just taught on Peter and I felt like you're just like Peter and God wants that you won't get out of the boat. And God wants to know if you believe what you've just written. So I had and written. And you'd already written Standing Strong? No, no. This was about fierce faith because okay. fierce faith is all about fear. Right. And so I was like, okay, thanks, Bianca. Appreciate that message. But in my mind, I'm like, she knows the situation. Yeah. This isn't necessarily a red flag. About two hours later, my mentor from Houston calls me and she goes, I know this sounds crazy. Listen, I feel like God wants me to ask you a question. And the question is, do you believe everything you just wrote? Oh, my gosh. Then you're like, baskets filling up. <laughs> and so, I mean, if if it's a big thing in my life, if there's something that I'm doing that I'm not supposed to doing, or I'm not supposed to be doing, or if there is something that I'm just dragging my feet and God really wants me to get on with it, He will send message after message after yeah, message. I yeah. got I got sick. He didn't make me sick, but He let right. me be sick. Right. You know, and it was message after message until. He moved in my heart and gave me the strength to do it and then moved in my husband's heart. Mm. So my husband wasn't afraid that we would go under. Yeah so, yeah. so the wisdom in you to go, not to fight back with your husband or anybody who would have said, but he didn't say when. So for me, it wouldn't be a husband. It'd be a pastor or yeah. you or someone else who speaks into my life that goes, okay, the Lord told you to quit, but didn't say when. Yeah. The option is to go... Shut up. I said shut up twice. I'm sorry. I'm going to be <laughs> Shut up. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to do what God says in my head. And I had a lot of people agree. telling me to do that. Yes. But I knew that my husband is somebody that has heard from the Lord. Mm -hmm. And if it was that important, eventually he would hear. If it's such an yeah. important relationship, I knew it was okay to wait. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's That was going to be my question is, which? how do you draw that line about which relationships you go, you just— we may not agree on this, mm -hmm. but I'm going to obey. And the ones you go, okay, because we don't agree on this, I'm going to pause until we're in alignment. Is it yeah. only your spouse? Yeah, okay, only him. Because I thought, okay, what if what if the situation was reversed? Say it was 10 years before and he was the one working and I wasn't. And then he came to me and said, I think the Lord wants me to quit my job and I'm not sure what's next. So let's just follow this thread and see what happens. I'd be really mad yeah. if I told him no. So. I knew that eventually he would hear that I yeah. that I needed to go. How long did it take from February sitting in the galley at IF and 
Austin City Limits to you actually saying out loud to people who had affected, maybe Chris, maybe yeah. the rest of the board. I don't know. I was very, I, I was very, very sick. So in October, I, was, I had taken a week off of work yeah. and had a procedure done. And um, the Lord took me to numbers where Moses. In the Bible. Yeah. Where Moses strikes the rock. Yeah. And he doesn't get to go in the promised land. Oh, I'm going to cry just thinking about it. And the Lord said to me, don't miss out on everything that I have for you mm-hmm. because you don't trust me, because you're disobedient. And so I'm oh sitting on my couch weeping. Mark yeah. comes in from wherever he was, comes in the front door and says, what happened to you? And really? I said, it's time for me to go. And he looked at me and said, okay, it's time for you to go. So that's October. So December, I we wanted to wait till event season was over. Yeah. December, I said, okay, we're going to wrap up. And then I stayed on until about March just to get everything set up. And then April 1st, April Fool's Day. April Fool's Day is when I when I started this job. Get out of town. April Fool's Day 2012, yeah. What a time. I yeah. just said, hey, everybody, I'm back. Does anyone yeah. want to work with me, essentially, yeah. right? Yeah. And God's faithful, and and really everything has been quite lovely since yeah. then. But yeah. I, was, I was pretty sure I was going under. And then, oh, thank you. And thanks, Jenna. The crazy thing is that same feeling, like I'm going under. That's what sparked in me in March when the pandemic happened. Wow! And God is so gracious. A woman that I don't even remember meeting in California at a speaking event, she emailed me out of the blue in March and said, "I just want you to know that God's not going to let you go under Mm. because uh, you know my story." In 2007, my husband lost his job. I was a stay-at-home mom. 2008, we had boy number five. When he was four weeks old, we lost our home to foreclosure. We were homeless and living with my grandfather for a summer. And we would go to the McDonald's Playland every day, and my husband would apply for new jobs. And I would Google on this laptop with missing keys, how do you make money on the Internet? How do you build a business? And that feeling of losing everything except what fit into two little storage units. I wow. We survived it then, and the kids were fine then, but our kids were a lot older now. Mm-hmm. And the thought, the thing that really kept, kept me so long from obeying what God wanted me to do was this thought that I would tell my family, God has told me to step off the ledge. He has something great for me. I don't know what it is yet. I've got to obey before I find out. And then having things fall apart, and then having that potentially hurt my kids' faith and my kids being the collateral damage and me caught following my calling, that's what stopped me from obeying for too long. Wow. And now I look back and go, of course, if we're following God, he's not going to let our, our families be the collateral damage in that yeah. in that following. But when you're terrified, you're terrified. And I think people need to hear that, that whole thing. They need to hear it because you and I met in 2003. Eight, nine? Yeah. What's the first list? No, two. It was, I, okay, that summer, homeless. My husband gets a job in August. We host the first Blistem in September. In September. Yeah, Yeah. I'm fresh out of it. We were planning that event at the McDonald's Playland. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the whole time. Wow. Yeah, that's when we first met. Yeah, I'd Mm -hmm. lived here for six weeks. And I came to the Blistem, and (laughs) And I was like, anyone I know, thank the Lord. And I was literally wearing Goodwill clothes. Wow. Mm-hmm. You looked very good. I, you know what? I just I just own it. Yeah. Yeah. Man, the idea, some of our friends listen, and me, as I'm listening to you, I'm I'm thinking, man, I need to hear that people will not be collateral damage in my obedience. 
because that is terrifying to me. I mean, think about how, what a powerful lie of the enemy that is. Right. If you obey God, if you follow God, you're going to hurt everyone you love. Yes. And it's just not true. No. And also, you can't control other people's feelings. <laughs> I wish you could. <laughs> I know. So it's both and, right? Yeah. And I love your story for a billion reasons, but I love that it was February and then October. Oh, yeah. I'm a slow March. And then, yeah. yeah, but I mean, or you're not. And yeah. that's just how life pans out. I think people need to hear that when you hear God start a story in February, it does the story doesn't end in February. Oh, yeah. And I think when... When I'm talking about it so briefly, it can seem like April, yeah. April 1st, I started and everything was great. I also spent probably six weeks burning through our savings, putting money on credit cards, reaching out to everybody I had ever worked with to build up the business. And I did 10 to 12-hour days, six days a week yeah. for six weeks to build it up. So like, I'm very anti-hustle culture yeah. because I feel like, like we talked about at the beginning, um, that's really damaging. But there are seasons of our lives where we do hustle, yes. and that's a good thing, and we're supposed to do it. Yeah, and I I don't even use the word hustle very much. I'm like, no, I just work hard. Yeah. I just I'm because hustling always feels to me. I may be wrong, and someone mm-hmm. who wrote a hustle book is going to email me right after this. But <laughs> uh, to me, the word hustle feels like I'm trying to get somewhere. Mm, There's a destination yeah. with hustle. Where with I had to work hard for a season, like when books come out, what you're yeah. doing right now. When books come out, you have different hours yeah. than you do six months after books come out. Mm-hmm. And we are right now in the six months before a book comes out. So we all took last Friday off because I was like, I need y'all to start banking <laughs> some rest. <laughs> That's true. That's good. <laughs> because we will work really hard. We yeah. will not hustle, yeah. but we will work really hard come January, February, March when the new book is out, So, which yeah. is what you're doing right now with Standing Strong. Mm-hmm. When you sat down, you said this, it's really hard to talk about this book. That's so hard. Why? Because this, all my books are vulnerable. Yeah. I mean, that I. This is number four? Yes, four. Yeah. I remember reading A Million Miles in a Thousand Years. Oh, yeah, Don and Miller. You know her, Don. He gets this, I don't know, I don't remember the details, but he's watching the tour and he talks about just like laying on his couch and pumping his feet in the air like he was a biker. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, this is so. Everything about this is so vulnerable and so fresh and raw. And I thought, if I ever get a chance to write a book, I want to be 10 times more vulnerable than I want to be. So, you know, I talk about the bankruptcy or I talk about this or I talk about that. But this is a book that I actually didn't want to write. And I still still feel uncomfortable with everything God's doing with the book because people are reading it early and writing me and saying there was so much that this, it's so emotional because it means so much to me. There's so much that God, I thought, was telling me, but it got confirmed by this. Yeah. Or God used this to do something in me. And I think, gosh, if I can do that, yeah. that, there's nothing better than that. Hey, friends, just wanted to tell you about our buddies over at Rothy's. Fall is fast approaching, which means we get to transition to all our favorite cozy sweatshirts and out of our summer sandals. Take your first steps into fall with comfortable, washable, and sustainable products from Rothy's. I see you all on the internet, and I know how busy you are. Well, Rothy's products are made for life on the go. They're carefully crafted with eco-friendly materials like repurposed plastic water bottles and marine plastic. You know I love my Rothy's. The camo cat ones, you guys, they go with everything. Besides being so cute and comfortable, they are fully machine washable, and every time I need a little refresh, 
I just toss them in the washing machine and come out looking like new. Well, they come out looking like new. I still look like me. Rothy's comes in an ever-changing array of colors, prints, patterns. So there's a style and look for literally everyone. Rothy's has kept over 60 million single-use plastic water bottles out of landfills and transformed them into their signature thread, which is then knit into beautiful, sustainable products. I think that is so cool. Plus, Rothy's comes with free shipping and returns, you guys. So check out all the amazing shoes and bags and masks available right now at rothys.com slash sounds fun. That's rothys.com, R-O-T-H-Y-S.com slash sounds fun. Style and sustainability meet to create your new favorites. Head to rothys.com slash sounds fun today. And now let's finish up with our friend Allie. But with every book, I always ask God, what do you want me to write next? Mm. And with this book, he brought up a, a part of a prayer that my mom used to pray over me every night. She used to pray that I'd be a great woman of God, strong in my faith, and fearless as I face the future. Oh, my gosh. And I pray that over my sons every night, that they'd be great men of God. And so just that phrase, great woman of God. And I thought, that's dumb. That's yeah. that's not a felt need. That's That doesn't work at all. And I just huh. put it out of my mind. You're like, here's the system we're told of how to write yeah, books. That's, What's this the doesn't, felt need? This yeah. doesn't make sense at all, Lord. Yeah. Um, and so I went back to him a month later and said, Lord, What's the next book going to be about? And clear as day in my spirit, he said, I already told you. <laughs> so I had to spend about six months figuring out what in the world do you want me to say? Were you already writing things no. and just couldn't figure it out? No, you were just no, thinking. I was just thinking. People underestimate how much of uh, writing, how much of the job of writing is thinking. Oh, 80% is thinking. Yep. Just sitting, looking out the window. Oh, we have four hours set aside tomorrow for me for writing mm-hmm. my, on the novel that I'm working on that come out for years and years, so but cool. we were working on it. Yeah. I will think half the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Driving here, I was thinking about my next book because I had an idea for it. And I thought, I need to tell her I need a whole year because I need six months to think. (laughs) That's exactly right. I need to think. That's exactly right. So you were thinking about standing strong. And so there was all of these these thoughts that I felt like the Lord was giving me. Uh, One of the big ones in there is partnering with Him, that He has so much for us, that so much that He wants to do in the world, but He wants to partner with us on it. And another part was that life was going to get difficult. Shoot. And it didn't make sense two years ago, right? Yeah. And so I kind of tell my story as the narrative arc. It's not a memoir. It's still a teaching book in my normal style. But for the first time, instead of telling little stories from my life, I tell one, two year, which is a real challenge to do. But it's so special to me and it's so vulnerable. And there's so much in there that's so raw. Sometimes... When people go, oh, I want to talk to you about the book. I go, I, I don't know, I don't know what I'm going to say. Like, yeah. I can go into like coach mode and yeah. tell you, like, here's what all you're going to get out of it, and here are the benefits, and and that's in there. But man, the story. Yeah. I, how how do you how do you give a five minute overview? It's impossible. I don't know how you talked about remember God. Was, that book was so special. Thank you. Yeah, I it, everything when I mean that's literally when we sat down and you yeah. said that and said I bet it's like remember God now. I mean, it is it is still hard, and it's uh, the book's two years old now. It's still sometimes hard yeah. to like someone. It, they no one is saying things to you because they want to hurt you or bring up things that are painful. 
at all. They're being kind and going, this part really stood out to me. And it just feels like, Ugh. oh, I'm just going to sit here naked. Yeah, really I know. Awkward. I forgot you could read that. <laughs> I forgot you saw those words. I forgot I didn't change that one name that I should have changed. I forgot, you know. And people go, wow, you're so vulnerable and honest. And I'm like, ah, now I feel bad again. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> there have got to be friends of ours who are listening that are writing something or creating some sort of piece of art that feels so vulnerable to them. Yeah, and I I would write on an index card. I wrote it and had it up in my office with a little piece of washi tape, tape to the wall, and it just said, tell the truth. Wow. And stuff I didn't want to tell. There was stuff going on while I was writing the book. I remember calling our, our mutual friend, Lisa Whittle. Yeah. And what happened, okay, rabbit trail. i but it, you'll get this as an author because sometimes you get mad that stuff's happening because you don't want to have to address You're it like, in I a just, book. I know right? this is for a book, and I'm so annoyed. Yeah. This this was the worst. So I obey God. I, I leave Repel. About two months later, God starts bringing up Listom in my heart. My yeah. old co-founder of Listom reaches out to me. She goes, do you ever think of doing it again? And I said, no, absolutely not. Yeah. She said, do you miss it? And I said, every day. Yeah. And she said, just think about it. So I prayed about it, and I just felt this overwhelming yes. Yeah. So I called my mentor in Houston, and I said, I know this is crazy. Is it Beth Moore? Just tell us. No, I wish it was. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> Sister Beth, are you listening? And I say, I feel like God is nudging me to launch Blistem again, which is crazy because he told me to close it in 2012. Yeah. She said, oh, I don't need to pray about it. She wrote in her journal six months before that God told her that I was going to humble myself and come to her and ask her to pray about it. And when I did, she could confirm it's what I was supposed to do. Oh my gosh. Picture right there in her yeah. journal, data. Yeah. So I launched Blistem. Blistem comes back. Blistem's amazing. It's yeah. everything I, I want it to it be. I love it so much. It's last fall. Um, we have this big like celebration in my suite. Everyone yeah. goes home. It's great. I'm in the bathtub. I'm like, Lord, you are so good. I see now, like, you wanted me to bring this back, and you yeah. wanted me to grow a little bit. Yada, yada. You're amazing, Lord. And Lord says, don't plan for next year. Uh, this is November. You're like, listen. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, why am I the girl that always has to quit? Why do I have to be the flake? Wow. What is this doing to me? So wow. I, so I'm wrestling with this while writing Standing Strong. Yes. And I call Lisa Whittle, and I'm like, I think I'm just going to cut everything from Blistem in the book because I, I can't do it again. He won't let me. And why would I even talk about how great it was for him to let me bring it back? Yeah. And I can't do it again. Yeah. She said, I think it's going to be part of your book, and I don't think you're supposed to cut it. Yeah. Like, if you're going to tell the truth, you tell the truth. And then in March, we're doing the edits of the book. In April, we're finishing up the edits. And When he, you're trapped in your house. Trapped in my house. Because of a pandemic. Yep. And he says, this is why you couldn't have Blistem again. There's no Blistem this fall. Right. He didn't. He, he couldn't have told me. Yeah. Something bad is coming. Sure. But he saved me from essentially mortgaging my home and renting the Nashville Convention Center again. Yes. So it was really sweet that that in those final edits, I could actually tell that full circle story yes. of what he was doing in yes. my life with Liston. Because when we're following him, he's going to tell us to do things that makes us look foolish. He's going to yeah. tell us to make things, make decisions and make moves that don't make any sense at all. Yeah. But again, blessings on the other side of obedience. That blessing of obedience in that situation was me probably not losing my home. Right. And do we get Blistem in 21? I don't know. He hasn't told me. Okay, I'm just going to I'm gonna write in my journal that the Lord said yes. And when you call me, no, I'm just kidding. The Lord has not said that to me. But I would love it. I love Blistem. Yeah. It's one of the good ones. It's it's a bittersweet 
story and I just I don't know how it's ending but I'm, yeah. I'm grateful I'm grateful that he saved me from it this fall and I sure hope it comes back how do we find friends like Bianca and Lisa how do we find those kind of friends that can that you trust to hear God for you and with you I have found most of my best friends who do hear God for me on the internet yeah. Which is crazy, right? All of it. I mean, that's especially in 2008. That's how I we mean, made some oh, of our yeah. dearest friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think time. I think looking at the fruit of their and lives. Watch their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Looking at that fruit. What? It, how are they living? How do they make decisions? How do they lean into the Lord when it seems like they're in the middle of their own hurricane? Yeah. To bring up a Hamilton lyric. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> hey, he, he wrote himself through it. He did. Um, will you talk a little bit about Called Creative? With oh Lisa. yeah, Lisa was here a few months ago, and we talked about it. And I just think it is one of for any of our friends that when people want to be writers, I'm like hope writers. Mm-hmm. When people want to be speakers, teachers, public figures, I'm like call creative. Mm-hmm. What? Why did y'all start it? What's the hope behind it? Well, I I was it was October. I had of, I, of, of this past year. Okay, yeah, and I was getting ready to speak at business boutique, and yeah. I was in the green room. And the Lord said, you need to do a membership, literally, like literally. And I went, is this me or is this God? Well, I'm going to pull on this thread because, you know, sometimes you don't know. I'm going to pull on this thread. That is a great way to say this. I have no idea, but I'm just going to, I'm going to work on it. And, and over weeks and months, this idea for a community, a coaching community came together and Lisa and the Lord told me, Lisa is your partner. Yeah. So I, I text her one day and I go, hey. I've, I'm going to call you in five minutes. If you're free, you're going to appreciate this call. And she was like, okay. <laughs> and so I tell her about it. And of course she said yes, because the Lord already told me she was going to yeah. say yes. And so then we really created it together. So it's yeah. just a coaching community for women who feel called to write and speak. Yeah. I want to do the whole, you know, podcasting and I talk business and marketing and, you know, how do you, how do you open a great talk? How do you close it? Yeah. How do you, how do you make sure your ego doesn't get in the way? How do you, how do you write a great book? How you know I and I'm real honest in there, and so is Lisa. We really wanted a place where people say the stuff that doesn't ever get said. Yeah, like the safe well, circle stuff. Yeah, like let me tell you how this system really works. Yeah. I know there's all these blogs out there, but here's the stuff that everybody says behind the scenes that nobody can say publicly. Yeah. That's what I love. I yeah. get myself in trouble. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I get phone calls sometimes when my friends start talking about writing a book, or a publisher starts talking to them about writing a book. And they'll call and I go, let me tell you some things. Yeah. But honey. they could just be part of called coll- Collective and get yeah. all those things. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And something fun we're doing now is because masterminds are so helpful. Yeah. So everybody that's a member, we're setting them up in their own mastermind in the community, depending oh, on yeah what their area is or where they want to focus. Because, yes, we have this larger community, but you need the accountability of, of a small group of people. And you need people who are kind of doing the same thing where you can go, what about this idea? Is this good or is this garbage? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, good. Because I want people to know that exists. And it just what everyone has watched is that you and I, Lisa, Bianca, Mm -hmm. we've all done this for 10 years. We've grown up in this world and it is the right time. Not And this isn't an age thing. It is the right time for us to be helping our peers and those coming up behind us to do this really well. And we get this question all the time and called creatives. People say, well, you all know each other. How do I break into that world? And my answer to that is we've been coming up together 
for 10, 12 years. <laughs> Legit. Yeah. yeah. So, and I said, you guys right now, you're coming up together. Yes. So in five years, in 10 years, yes. people are going to be looking at you guys going, how do I break into it? And you're going to go, we've just been coming up together. Man, do you remember? I mean, we we sat around tables with people as they were building conferences and yep. as they were, I've got a thousand followers, but I think I'm going to try to build a conference or, I, you know, yeah, we watched all that. I mean, all of it. I mean, think about the first blistum in, in the closed restaurant bar yeah. of the Hotel Preston by the airport. <laughs> you know, that's crazy. It was awesome. It's crazy. <laughs> you know, everything, everything starts small and messy and nobody has any idea if it's going to work. Yeah. We're all just pulling on threads going, I think this may be a God dream. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. And the thing is, we all have this fear that we're going to do something wrong and we're going to mess it up. But I'm a big believer that God gets real loud when we start screwing stuff up. Yeah. So let's just go for it and then stay open to him. Yes. And if we're doing something wrong, he will get our attention. I'm sorting a thing out like that right now. And I'm reading a book called The Attentive Life. Ooh, and one of the it. things, it's good, mm-hmm. Leighton Ford, I think, mm-hmm. Leighton Ford. And one of the prayers in the book says, Lord, show me what I'm missing. Oh, that's good. And so this morning I came into work and I turned on some worship music. I said, show me what I'm missing there. I can tell there is something I'm missing here. But you know why I'm not, I don't want to ask that because I'm scared it's because I'm doing something wrong. I'm scared what he's going to show me is going to make me embarrassed. Yeah. And and so I, that was the first thing the Lord showed me oh. is the reason you actually haven't been asking is because you think it might be you and you don't want it to be you. And I'm like, it's like right. he knows us or something. <laughs> it's like he just handles me correctly. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, I'm well, who are for starters, before we wrap, yeah. Who are these lovely women on the cover of your book? Okay. It's three women facing a very cute blue wall. Mm-hmm. Are they your friends or is yes. this just a picture? So that was taken a couple of days before Bliss, and we did a photo shoot. That's the alley behind Draper James yes. here in Nashville, yeah, yeah. but we colored the wall blue. So it usually, so is it it's the a Draper white James? Okay. It's, it's yeah. all white. It's in the back. The blonde is one of my coaching clients, Okay, um, Whitney. Um, the brunette, her name is Lindsay. She's brilliant. And then the African-American woman is Rachel Kong, who's a writer herself. She actually yeah. wrote the manifesto in the front of the book for me, which is Maybe the most beautiful thing I've, yeah. I've ever seen in my whole life. Yeah, what that, made you do a manifesto? Um, she's has such a poetic spirit. She's yeah. a musician and a spoken word artist. I, I just reached out to her and said, would you would you be interested in creating a manifesto? So we did the trailer for the book, which yeah. is um, a lot of my different friends just yeah. performing the manifesto out loud. Where can we watch it? Um, anywhere. YouTube. Okay. Yeah. Just search. Uh, Standing Strong Trailer. Okay, great. We'll yeah, just link uh, uh, it. And on the Standing Strong page on my yeah. website. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we'll link it all. Is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? I feel like we talked about enough <laughs> and way too much. <laughs> and you know, this is your fourth book, but I'm saying this to you because this comes out the day before your book comes out. Yeah. This is the night you celebrate. You did the work. It is. It does not matter this week when the book is out, how many get sold, how, blah, 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 blah. The obedience has happened. That's true. So the night before the book comes out is the night we party. I have never thought about it that yes, way. I always tell my, I, that's what I always do the night before. Because like I'm like, we, it, sure, I'd love to celebrate lists and I'd love to celebrate how many are sold and how yeah. many people's lives are changed and all that stuff. My obedience is done. I love Everything that. I can do is done. I'm going to celebrate. Okay, then everyone, 
We are in the future. Yes. <laughs> we are September 28th. I'm celebrating tonight. I did think about one thing. If if someone's listening on the 28th, you can still get pre-order gifts. Okay. Oh, and of course, I'm giving away a six-week Bible study. I'm giving away all sorts of stuff. But oh, great. What I'm, one thing I'm excited about is I have a, a master class called Finding Your Calling and Living with Confidence. Oh, it's normally $250. Oh, if you order it, you get it for free. Okay, so you go order the book from any of your favorite. Anywhere. You yeah. can do, order local bookstore. You mm-hmm. can order online. Yeah. Um, and then bring the receipt over to your website, put all the information in, and that's how you and get it. And basically, I give everyone my firstborn in my home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> AllieWorthington.com? Yes. Okay. Great. We will link to that as well to make sure people know. And when I tell people today, they'll, they're they like, this is Inception because I already saw you on Instagram, Annie. <laughs> but today I will tell people, don't forget to go get that. Okay. The last question we always ask, mm-hmm. because the show is called That Sounds Fun. <laughs> tell me what you are doing for fun. Besides movies. You can't, you can't repeat. You got to give me fresh fun. You're going to have to wait a second so I can think about it because I already gave up movies. Hold on. <clears throat> what am I doing? Your nails are so sparkly. I love them. Love you know them. what? Um, these are these are um, press-ons from Target. At a girl. Yeah, I've never used them before. I haven't either. They're Mm-mm. so cute. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Will you get... send us a link to them so I can share them. Are we recording right now? Is yeah, this yeah. going on the show? Yeah. I'm, Is that okay? I'm thinking about something fun. Okay. Good. Okay. I think. Okay. It's really on the show. <laughs> Yes, Allie, this is what it's like being friends with me. It's this Bless weird. my heart. Okay, then I'm going to say um, really fun press-on stickers that essentially are fingernail polish on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. That's. I think that's awesome. From that's Target. I've never tried them before, but apparently the whole world knows about them, but I'm a little slow. Are you the girl who gets a cart in Target and just needs like 30 minutes to roam? Or yes. do you go in with purpose? But I've only been there once since the pandemic started because yeah. my husband, he's better, but he's still vulnerable. So yeah. we're really, really careful. Yeah. Um, but I did go once and I roamed and that's how I ended up finding all these little sparkly things. Starbucks knows what they're doing, putting a Starbucks in a Target, because right. if I can just get a chai and roam... I'm just, I don't even have to buy another thing. I like the smell of Target. I, <laughs> I want to see, I want to see the Harry Potter kids toys. I want to see, uh-huh. I want to see sparkly earrings. Yeah. I, I want to see clothes that I'll never fit into. Thank you. And clothes that, because they're too small or too big. You, yeah. There's all sorts of clothes you'll never fit Target into Target in clothes, just, they're just not working for me yeah. unless it's a good cardigan. Yeah. Oh, their cardigans mm-hmm. are no I'll take, joke. I'll take all the size medium cardigans. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. <laughs> I love um, looking through the book section because I love seeing all of our friends over there. Yeah. I love the seasonal, whatever the seasonal is. Are, oh. You know what? Is Christmas already out? I don't know. I haven't been. I'll take it. I will, too. I, Christmas can't come early enough. Mm-mm. Bring I, it. I will, I, I will just, decorate as soon as I want to. Let's hang everything up now and be like, this is the rest of our year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is. We are finishing with this level of joy. Hallmark knows. They're like, we're just going to keep showing mm-hmm. you those Christmas movies. We need it. For sure. Yeah. Um, Allie, thanks for writing this book. And thanks for being here. You're a good friend. And we're really grateful for you. Thanks for having me. This was great. You guys, I know, she's just awesome and just tells the truth and is brave, and I'm just thankful for her. Hey, go ahead and order a copy of Standing Strong, her book that comes out tomorrow. You still get the freebies today if you order the book, and if you go over to her website and sign up for them, you'll still get the freebies today since the book doesn't release till tomorrow. But gracious, she's just one of the best, and I think you're really going to enjoy this book. And make sure you tell her thanks for being on the show, how much it meant to you, and just send some kind words her way on the day before her book releases. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all the places you may need me. 
that is how you can find me. And I think that's it for today. I hope you guys have a great week. We'll keep this standing strong crowd of women going on Thursday when we've got our friend Jamie Ivey. You already listened to her podcast. I do too. We're back with her on Thursday. Y'all have a great week.